When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to another episode of Standing on the North Bank. This is a Swansea City podcast from us here at Wales Online. Um, Matt Davis here again, and I'm delighted to say that Ian Mitch was returned, has not been scared off, which is uh, an absolute bonus. Um, Mitch, you were at uh, Preston, you at Deepdale last weekend. Um, another frustrating afternoon? Yeah, afternoon, Matt. It was, um, it was really, you know, you, you look at that as a game that they... If you've got any ambition of doing well or you know top six ambition in this league, that's a game you've got to win, and that's kind of the way the game panned out. You know, the, the first half it was, you know, I felt for the, the five hundred or so that travelled up there, it was a really grim first half. Swansea probably just about had the better of it without really creating too much, and then they came flying out the traps in the second half, and you just felt as soon as they got a goal, and you know they'd go on and win it quite comfortably, and, and that's exactly how it looked when you know it was a lovely team goal. Wayne Routledge more than played his part, and, and in the end, Selina put it on the plate for Baker Richardson to, to score his second goal in two games, and it looked done and dusted. And then, you know, uh, uh, what looked to be a harsh decision in live play, we've seen it back, and it looks even more harsh than I saw it in live play on a. Uh, some I think dodgy is a fair word to say on a handball on Connor Roberts who himself was adamant and didn't touch him on the arm so and that just killed the momentum of the game and, and in the end Preston finished quite strongly so it does feel like a missed opportunity but in the grand scheme of things it's it's another point on the road uh, you know against a, a notoriously difficult side even though they've had a, a bad season and a, and a bad run. Yeah, they had a, a, a tough game against them early on in the season it was by no means uh, an easy three points over them when they played down here at the Liberty. Um, they've been in this situation before though where they've Swansea now where they've got ahead in games and haven't been able to kill kill teams off which sure is, is probably turning into be a bit of a, a bugbear for, for Potter no doubt um, in your talking points piece that uh, we published on the weekend you talked about um, players perhaps not keeping their heads or keeping their cool when you expect maybe some of the senior players to be Leading by, leading by example, um, a rash of bookings wasn't there in the second half. There was, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think that ties in with anything to do with the, the, the clinical side of things. Obviously, you could see that they were getting on top in that game, and you know, Leroy Fur just before half time, you know, Swansea were on the break, and the referee blows for half time, and he was frustrated with that, gets himself a booking. Uh, Van der Horn protested the penalty quite strongly. He got a booking. Baker Richardson, I think it was a minute or two after the goal, just lumps the ball away needlessly so you know we haven't really seen that so it's, it's not like it's a worrying trend but yeah. it's, it's something that can't continue because you know against better teams they will they'll play on that and they'll you know there's every you know if they see a, a defenders on a, a yellow they'll run at them and so on so but coming back to your point on being clinical I mean Graham Potter said after the game that the bottom line is that they weren't good enough in the final third and yeah they had three shots on target against a, a very poor Preston team you know Preston I think had five or six so it's clear to see where the problem is in yeah, in, in that game anyway. The story of where, where, where Swansea are at the moment, isn't it? The, mm, absolutely. The, the final third does seem to be a, <clears throat> a bit of a problem area. Um, Which is, is strange, really, given that they scored 7-2 against Aston Villa and Reading to, to start the year. But. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's, it's a demo, it demonstrates really what they can do when they do click. Yeah. When they do click, they are 
they are excellent excellent going forward but it's just about finding that consistency which which probably not there yet I suppose down to uh, perhaps the 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 age of age level of the players that they're, they're perhaps not ex- mm. experienced enough but I, mean, I suppose that'll only only come with 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 time um, one player who is experienced though is Wayne Routledge um, he had an excellent game he did um, for me he Again. was yeah uh, yeah that's a fair point to make because I think he's been very consistent in the last few weeks um, and I just thought he was you know he was, he was the clear standout performer for Swansea he was the one that when he got the ball he was looking to run at the Preston defence he was very direct. Um, his speed of thought and the, the speed of his feet. You know, bearing in mind he's uh, he's the club's oldest player at the moment, isn't he? You know, he's second most longest-serving player as well. And for him to still possess those skills at his age is, is testament to him, really. You know, he's looked after himself and his involvement and his you know his brain it was just ahead of everyone else for that opening goal. So, yeah, I thought he, he really excelled, and you, you can see why he's Potter stuck faith yeah. in the team and. It comes back to the question that we've 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 mentioned already before that you know should he have had a more prominent role earlier on in the season maybe not but that's uh, that's for another day I think um, and now there's a, a decent run of, of games at home yeah four of the next five at home obviously one of those is the cup game with Gillingham obviously they've beaten Cardiff City in the last round Steve Lovell Swansea born so yeah. he'll be coming back back to the Liberty or, or probably for the first time if I'm, if I'm right in saying because he played back in the old days at the Vetch but. Um, yeah, so you know, it's, it must be nice, especially having three really difficult away games to start the year. But let's not forget they've they've come through them without losing. Yeah. So four unbeaten now, which is the equal best of the season from the the opening uh, four games of the season as well. So they've coped really well, and you just like to think a bit of a a decent home form now can really sort of kick them on for the final two three months of the season. Yeah, a chance to lay down a marker in in SC one, so that'd be um, definitely a, a good opportunity. Um, Let's let's move on to some um, some transfer stuff, obviously, because um, that's mm. it's January, um, and that's what everyone's talking about, unfortunately, all the time. Um, I think it was it was last weekend that the, the rumours came from a national publication about um, Leeds' interest in Daniel James, and at the time Jefferson Montero as well. But it's the it's the James stuff that has really sort of bubbled along this week, especially um, in light of all the Leeds United's. Um, Controversy around Bielsa and mm. Spygate and uh, press conferences and uh, presentations—it just goes on. It's it's been fascinating to watch from the outside. Then yesterday, um, we we saw that there was a, a folder on Bielsa's desktop um, that seemed to relate to Daniel James. Yeah. Um, there's obviously interest there. Um, it's been a, a long-standing interest. I think they've they were interested. At the back end of summer, um, we reported at, at the time. Yeah. Um, what what Swansea saying? Well, he's got eighteen months on his contract, and bottom line is Swansea want to keep him. You know, they, they see him as a big part of the future. The club are saying that. Potter himself has gone on record as saying that as well. Um, but in terms of the latest interest, you know, the club insists that they've had no approach from from Leeds or from any club, not just for James, but for any of their other players. So. Um, I suppose that's encouraging in some ways, especially when you're talking about Dan James. You know, perhaps there are others that they've spoken about offloading to ease the burden, you know, on the club financially. Um, so maybe that is a bit of a concern. You'd like to think they could have done that a little bit sooner, but 
you know, it's a, a volatile window. It's 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 a tricky one to negotiate in. But as far as the interest in um, in James is concerned, Swansea are adamant that there's uh, there's nothing on that front at the moment. So no, you wrote a, a good piece a couple of days ago as well, sort of summing up and assessing the situation. I think um, it would. I think if they were to get rid of or to, to sell James, it would just basically send out the wrong the wrong message really about what this this rebuilding project is all about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, let's be honest, to a, to a certain degree, everyone expected it to be a rough summer last year given the relegation, the new coaching staff and everything that went with it as well. Um, but it was it was it was torrid. It must have been an awful time for the fans. So to finally have some stability on the pitch and a sign of progression, it's it's really encouraging. And, and Potter and I spoke to Billy Reid today as well. You know, they they both mentioned that it's they feel that positivity and that you know they're happy with the way that they're progressing. You know, they've made mistakes along the way and they just hope they can learn from them. But you know, something like this could I wouldn't say derail it. I, wouldn't, I don't think it'd be that serious, but. It, it's, it's certainly a it'd be a bitter pill to swallow it, it wouldn't be a nice one to take would it certainly the fans as well because they sort of feed off the, the feel good factor around the club and their sort of youth projects I mean they're really getting behind players like Dan James like Conor Roberts like Joe Roden McBurney they are even though they're quite young they're almost like the, t- the talisman who are leading this, this team at the moment and the fans are <laughs> are, fully, are fully sort of bought they buy into those players specifically and I think you know it would send out the, the completely the wrong message to to, to the fans um, I, let's see how this one plays out I suppose over the next next few weeks but for me I can't, I can't see them selling James this month certainly not um, certainly he, hope not anyway, he's, you hope not and yeah. you think as well he's become such an important player to this, this this team even in a short space of time where he's been in the starting lineup, hasn't he? Yeah, you know, it's been a, a rapid rise. He, he was supposed to have a, a loan spell with Shrewsbury last season and obviously that was cancelled very well prematurely, he didn't even play a game for them and ended up backing in the twenty threes until he made his debut in the FA Cup against the Notts County, I think it was when he scored his, his goal. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's had to be patient and he's he's had a good run now. So we can't get carried away because he's still only had I think it's eighteen games in all competitions in the mm-hmm. season. You know, a lot of sub appearances as well, so he is still raw and he's not the finished article by any means. So, you know, that's probably another reason why, for his own benefit, he needs to stay with the club that are, you're nurturing him that he knows well. And you'll keep, uh, you just like to think you'll keep on developing if he does stay at the Liberty. Yeah, I think so. Um, completely agree. Um, let's wrap up this transfer a bit with um, a little mention of, of Wilfred Boney. Uh, ties in really to what you were saying earlier that the club have received. No offers for any any of their players, but there are there is rumours coming out of um, of out of Turkey that the Boney is close to a move to Galatasaray. Um, that's one we'll uh, be keeping keeping tabs on over the next next few days. There's still two weeks nearly to to go. Yeah, as we record, that's fortnight to go. So um, yeah, obviously we'll keep uh, keep abreast of that. Um, Potter on Bielsa in his press conference. Um, what did you make of? Those comments. I mean, he basically said he didn't have a problem with it. Um, I'm not. Where, where where do you stand? What's your what's your personal view? Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you throw me on the spot. Then, me on the spot sorry. Um, it, it, it's an interesting one because you know you look at it. Has he broken any laws? Uh, no, unless he's you know broken his way into some training ground somewhere. In which case, then yes, he might have done. But 
you know, that's for the authorities to decide and, you know, the investigation from the EFL is underway, so we'll have to wait the outcome on, on yeah, that side of things. that's but true. As for what Potter's saying, you know, he's he's got no issue with it. If anything, he was quite complimentary because he's a big fan of um, Marcelo Bielsa. And, you know, he, he mentioned it at the press conference today. Pep Guardiola, you know, he's often touted him as a, a figurehead in football and, and someone who he looks up to. So, yeah. you know, Mauricio Pochettino said the same about Bielsa. So, if the managers of, of that calibre are saying things like that about him, he must be doing something, right? And, and let's be honest, his team are four points clear at the top of the championship. So, he's doing everything in his power to, to get them to that level. Now, ethically, whether what he's done is right or wrong, you know, that that's for the EFL and other authorities to decide but bottom line is he's got them to the top of the table in his first season so he's, he's doing something right isn't he he is doing something right um, <clears throat> what was the um, uh, fitness news from Potter's press conference yeah. usually gives a, a pretty detailed um, update where we are yeah it was very positive on the whole you know um, Ollie McBurney missed well, not just the Aston Villa game, but the Preston game as well, because he, he travelled up with a squad to Preston, but he, he fell ill on the Friday night and missed that one. But he's trained as normal this week and he's in contention, so there's a, every chance that he'll be back in the starting lineup for the Sheffield United game. And another boost, obviously, Tom Carroll, he's back in training on um, Monday, so he's, he's had three days of training, or four days of training now, sorry. Um, the game is going to come a little bit too early for him, so you know he's still trying to get back up to full fitness, bearing in mind he's not played since that home win against Blackburn in October, mid-October I think it was, so yeah, a bit of patience needed with him, but he's he's on the comeback trail, and, and aside from that, it's only um, Martin Olsen, who of course is out for the season, so encouraging stuff on the injury front for uh, Graham Potter. That is good news, um, um, a player that hasn't played very much is Jefferson Montero, but um, I thought Potter's comments on him in the press conference were really quite interesting and really quite revealing, he obviously has... Um, a great deal of great deal of love for 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 Jeff and for, yeah. for what he can bring to Swansea because I don't think they've got they haven't really got a player in a similar mould. In fact, he does say that he was a, he's a unique player. Yeah, I think I think his assessment was bang on. You know, the, the fans have seen that, but the problem is they haven't seen it consistently. You know, for one reason or another, it's been form problems, injuries. He's gone out on loan and not played, and you know he's just had a really tough couple of years, Montero and. You, know, the, you look at his performance, he came off the bench, funnily enough, against Sheffield United in the away game and helped transform that game. Did the same at Millwall when they came from behind with 10 men and 1-2-1 at the den as well. So, you know, people know what he's capable of and you can see why Graham Potter's such a big fan. But until he's fully fit and can stay fit and can show that form consistently, he's probably not going to start. So he'll probably keep being used as a, an impact player, especially when the likes of, we mentioned Routledge and... Nathan Dyer and perhaps Daniel James when obviously he's back in the team regularly given that he had an injury recently you, you can see why he's not uh, Montero isn't getting uh, regular game time I think I, I prefer him as an impact player I mm. think I prefer him coming off the bench at the moment in time I, I'd have to agree yeah I think that's where he's mo- most effective <clears throat> um, he's still obviously he's an injury prone injury prone player those sort of 20 minute bursts that he has in second periods against tired full backs I don't think there's a better sight really in at this level of football than seeing Montero tear at tired, tired legs. He gets you off your feet. I mean, and Definitely. you know, not a lot of players can do that. And you look at the current squad. 
are there many that can do that? You know, on their day, some can obviously, but it's just trying to find that consistency. And the key thing is with him just staying fit because, you know, I think it's, I was looking at the stats this morning and it was only 11 appearances all season. Of course, he, he did have a hamstring injury that kept him out for a long spell, about six to seven weeks, I think. Yeah. Um, but none of those 11 appearances have been starts. So it goes to show that he is, at the moment, it probably is, you can only use him as an impact player, but you just hope that you could manage to get him in that position where he could maybe start some games here and there and, and have an impact over the course of a full 90 minutes rather than just a, a rescue mission when a team are behind somewhere. I think maybe this t- ties in with the, the, the James stuff because they they play in the same same position on the left hand left hand flank and if you think well James is another player who gets fans off their feet and if they could perhaps if they worked in tandem which they have been at points this season when both have been fit if you start with James and then bring Jeff on you're almost you've got a bit of continuity there because you've got two players who are willing to run and run at fullbacks and have got the pace to burn both perhaps need to work on their final ball yeah. but that sort of level you know to have players of that ability and have them to work in tandem together if you have one for say 65 minutes and one then to finish the game I think that's you know that's a really dangerous weapon for Potter to, to, to have yeah it is that you know that's the dream scenario really having them both fully fit you know because Dan James has had his injury problems as well and let's not forget he's not played first team football before this season so um, but between the two I mean if you could get them in that position then you know you're in dreamland really because then you know, it begs the question do you have to drop Wayne Routledge or, or and or Nathan Dyer because you know they've been very impressive since they've come in particularly Routledge in my opinion but yeah it's, it's, it's a nice dilemma to have and you'd like to think that you know the more options he's got at his disposal and you know the better for him and over the next four months or so okay it's Sheffield United tomorrow um, the late kickoff so it'd be a good good atmosphere down there um, under the lights the game's on, on telly but there should still be a, uh, a good crowd there Swansea have almost come full circle now because this Sheffield United was the, the first game of the season that um, that Barmy day in, in, in August where it all sort of basically um, it all kicked off at the end obviously with Jan Dander's first touch in, mm. in professional football and um, they they got a, a, a come from behind win, which was um, which was fantastic. It got them off to a real flyer. Um, what do you think the team will be uh, that Pot will go with um, tomorrow afternoon? Um, not tomorrow afternoon, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because we saw last week he named an unchanged team for the game at Preston for the first time. You know, from that the week the win over Aston Villa in the cup the week before. So. I think the hope is that you can be a bit more consistent if those players are performing to the top level. You know, if they're winning games, then why why change it unless you need to? So, um, but look, but looking ahead to Sheffield United, I'd probably have to say McBurney comes straight back in. You know, credit to Baker Richardson. He's, yeah, let's have a word for Courtney Baker Richardson yeah. there, really, because um, he's done <clears throat> what he brought into the team. You know, he had that, that sort of baptism of fire at. Um, at Millwall where mm, yeah. he lost his head in, 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 after a few minutes but then sort of as uh, since then has, has redeemed himself and he's he's still he's still raw he's still learning his trade maybe not quite ready to be leading a line um, consistently week in week out at, at this level but he's a, a good option to have and he's done well in McBurney's absence yeah he has you know two goals into you know don't get me wrong they, they weren't the, he bundled the one over at, at Villa and 
pressed and it was a tapping, but he's in the right place. Yeah, you, you've, there, got, yeah. you've got to give him credit for that. So, um, like I say, his hold-up play overall has been pretty solid as well. But um, you know, let, let's make no mistake about it. McBurney is the, the first choice striker. He's got ten goals this season, even though he has it, had problems himself. You know, with the, the sickness and things like that. So. Um, for, for me, he's got to start against a, a really tough Sheffield United team, and you know they're well drilled at the back as well. Chris Wilder's got them so well organised, and they're scoring a lot of goals as well. So it's going to be a tough task for whoever plays up front. But I, th- I think McBurney's the man for me. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if, as we were saying earlier, um, whether whether Wilf is going to be involved uh, this weekend, especially with rumours sort of speculating, mm. um, raging about his about his future. Um, You'll be going um, to the game. School prediction, if I put you on the, on the spot. Oh, that's a very tough one. I mean, yeah, that's a very tough one. <laughs> they're, they're, they're joint second in the league, aren't they? With yeah, Norwich, I mean, they've had a great season. I mean, you know, it just goes to show how good that result on the opening day was because Potter's admitted himself he didn't know what to expect and that was just a dream start. So I, I can't see that this time round. I think a draw would be a good result and, you know... I think Swansea have played well enough recently that they're sort of starting to learn from some of the mistakes. If they can be clinical, they've got every chance. But yeah. It's just that, you know, if they can make those chances and take them, they've got every chance. But, yeah, for me, I, I go with a score draw. I can see both teams scoring. Yeah, I'll join you on that fence as well. I think I think I was going to go for a, a 1-1. So, um, and I th- I, you know, I, and I, I'd be happy with that. And I think I think Potter would be happy with that, considering how well Sheffield United uh, have I've started. Well, not start the season, but we're half. We're nearly halfway through. So we are halfway over, through. over halfway, halfway, now, halfway yeah, through. Twenty-seven games, I think. Yeah, so incredible, yeah. incredible. Uh, yeah, be over. A point. Uh, yeah, a point against um, against a team that's that's gunning for promotion is is a good result. I think. Yeah, you know, if you're looking at it, you, you're saying maybe when you, you're really seriously going for a top six spot, it's a home game. You target a win, but. You know, in, in the grand scheme of things, is a draw bad result? Probably not. You just want to see them continue that good play, making chances, and if they can be clinical, then they've got every chance. Absolutely. Um, right, we'll call it a day there. Um, we'll have all the latest um, transfer news over the next couple of days, and obviously everything uh, in the build up to this game against um, the Blades and all the fallout afterwards over on Wales Online. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Cheers.